competitive 40k network presents art of war art of war strategy and tactics discussions with the best players on the planet on the planet with your host paul murphy and expert coach nick nanavati Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Art of War podcast. My name is Paul Murphy, your host. I'm joined by Nick Naravati. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Not too bad, man. Really happy to be here. And today we are joined by Zachary Nelson. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Zachary, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about Chaos Space Marines, specifically about creations of Bile. That is an army that has been like poised for great things. You have taken it all the way across the finish line, not once, but twice in the recent past. We want to talk about it with you. I do want to tell folks, though, this is part one of a two-part episode. In part one, we're going to be talking about the list, some command points, how you spend them, what you save them for, and secondaries, You know how you get success on the tabletop. In part two, we're going to get down into like the matchups, how to beat certain things, how to beat this list that we're talking about, which no one has been able to do in your path. Uh, I'm really anxious to break this down. I am, too. Zach, congratulations again. Two GTs back-to-back. What were they? Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, so Harvester of Souls in Spokane, that's Eastern Washington, and then uh, Harbor Heresy in Aberdeen, Washington. And there's actually been five Harbor Heresies, and I've won four of them. So it's something of a tradition. I feel like under pressure now. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, man. Dynasty. Yeah, that's as, almost as impressive as the Adepticon slew. That's pretty good. So why don't you break it down for us? You know, what exactly did you take to victory at these events? For sure, man. Well, first thing in a Supreme Command, uh, Abaddon is a spoiler. Every, every chaos will start with Abaddon, apparently. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's basically correct. Word bearers can, can do without having him, but he is a, a beat stick and he fits into most chaos lists. All right, what else you got? Yeah, so in an HQ, we have a Demon Prince with wings. He has the Ignore, Ignore Axe and uh, Reroll Hits. I have a Dark Apostle with Supplication. Master of Zinch with Eye of Zinch and uh, Pact of Flesh. He reses guys. Two squads of ten cultists. Uh, five Legionnaires with a book, Mark of Slanesh. They're there for Delightful Agonies. Ten Terminators. Uh, Marcus Lanesh, uh, Runer to Black Runer Damnation, so they're minus one to wound. Assortment of Weapons. Uh, Master of Executions. He rerolls Hits. Uh, three squads of five possessed and one squad of eight warp talents. And that's it. That's it. Talk about a small army. Terminators, three by five possessed warp talents, and some space marines walking around on foot. I know Black, uh, not Black Legion, Fabius Biles Creations, all about close combat all the time. What's their Legion trait do exactly for those a little less familiar? Yeah, so uh, like all Legion traits, there's two parts. Uh, the first part is plus one strength and plus one movement. Both of those things are really important, and in some matchups, the different parts are really important. Uh, and the second half of the trait, which is what we're really here for, is fights on death. And it's everything all the time. Fights on death army-wide is, is such a tremendously powerful. It's as long as you haven't actually selected the unit to activate in the first place. But it means, like, versus another close combat army you basically fight in your turn, in your opponent's turn. You never really have to spend for the interrupt strat unless you really are in a weird situation because you just feel kill them anyway. It makes trading with your army so brutally challenging, and because Chaos Space Marines just hit so hard in general, it's such a strong rule. Yeah, yeah it is. I'm digging that. So that, I think that's why people have been looking at it, because things like the Possessed, you know, they're faster than people might think because they got those long legs. You know, like, how are you uh, uh, positioning yourself for victory here? Like, what... What did you explain some of the things in your list? I mean, Abaddon is obviously a truck. 
And I hope people get the the fact that you said Abaddon and there was like a long pause, like he's basically like a one man army. <laughs> but then you've got all this other stuff around it. And I guess if you can walk through a li- little bit how you picked your, your HQs and then going into what actually does the damage in your army. For sure. So if if you follow CSM lists as a thing, right, uh, this list, if you look at the core of it, actually has a lot in common with common Emperor's Children lists or any other lists, right? Like a bunch of pieces in this are just really good with CSM. So um, there's basically a character delivery system that is the Terminators with Supplication, which are hard to kill. And then Abaddon and a Demon Prince, you could also use a Discord in this situation. And then I have a Master of Executions. Again, you can impair Demon Prince with that or whatever. And all that stuff hangs around these 10 Terminators that are really hard to shift, and they walk up the field, and it just delivers characters and you kill people. That's like part one. And that occurs in almost all CSM lists. This list also has 3x5 Possessed and 8 Warp Talents. They're they're just a skirmish. Uh, And the idea is if you send... Five possessed into some stuff someone has an objective and kill it if your opponent has a combat army they're gonna have to send something onto their objective to clear you and you'll get to punch back when you die so you get incredible trading efficiency and just create huge problems for anyone that wants to kill you in combat it might even win like i mean oh uh, yeah i have a story about that okay I meant win, win the objective, not just win the game. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, uh, in Aberdeen, I played against Tyler Bortel uh, in the first day, and he charged five Tyrant Guard uh, onto five Possessed. I had made a, a tra- uh, you know objective play with, and he killed three and a half Possessed, and in response, I killed all five of the Tyrant Guard. Oh it was my awful. god, these things are monstrous. So, <laughs> yeah. Is that really kind of just a plan, walk around the table and beat stuff up in close combat, or is there is there more nuance to it than that? Why specifically this package of units and these squad sizes as well? Sure, yeah. So, the Possessed, I, I find five Possessed usually does the job, uh, and because your whole army has fights on death, if you have to multi-charge something with two squads of Possessed, that's fine. Normally, that would be a problem if you're not fight on death, right? So you can get by with the smaller squads because you have fight on death. A five possessed are usually enough. And the, the job of those squads, again, is to run onto an objective and clear whatever's on it, right? So some obsec bodies, whatever. So five is usually enough. And so that way I can spend the least amount of points possible every time I want to initiate a trade. Well, not just the possessed, your whole army as, a, as an army concept. Like, why these units? Why? What is the strategy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, does it keep, how does it come together? Yeah, we, we want to punch, and we're going to run you over. So uh, one of the things that's good about Bile is they have a good stratagem. It's called uh, Specimens for the Spider. Uh, it is a purge the enemy category, so category three, the same one would assassinate and bring it down. Uh, and you kill a character or monster for three points, uh, and you kill anything else that's not a vehicle for two points, uh, and it's in a battle round, and they stack. So you can get to five points in a battle round, and you can take that with no prisoners. So in many, many games, you're going to take no prisoners, you're going to take specimens for the spider, and all you have to do is run your opponent over and you win. You're killing yeah, stuff, you're getting double points on doing what you're it, trying to do it, anyway. Exactly. The secondaries are killing them in combat, and we're really fast, and we're good at killing them in combat. It's really, it's one of the only purge the enemy secondaries you can almost always reliably take in the game, which opens that up for the synergy with no prisoners for no, uh, in the no mercy, no respite category. And that, I, I let that combination as an army concept because you can really lean into, I'm just going to kill you and score a lot of points for it. It's a very natural way to play 40k overall. Um, with that, you, you've opted for pretty much no shooting. I guess your Terminators shoot a little bit. Um, you've taken Warp Talons, those kinds of things. 
How did you find that? Yeah, so uh, it, it's funny. Uh, I built this list with my teammate Chuck, and we played in both tournaments. And in the first time, the first time we played, we both were like, oh, the list doesn't shoot, and put possessed and stuff in the open, which proceeded to get shot by the Terminators and die. But yeah, so it doesn't shoot much, just the bolters. Um, usually that's good enough. It's a really big problem if you need to demech elite infantry. Uh, mechanized elite infantry isn't much of a thing in the meta right now. I mean, orcs do it with mega knobs, but there's not a lot of it. But I uh, I ran this into Votan, which had a bunch of little trucks with, with their berserkers in them, and I had real problems demeching them. So I think in a meta that, that has more, more infantry and vehicles, that's going to be a problem that we don't shoot. That's interesting. Votan's an army is not even fully really out yet, so uh, it's cool to see who's testing against it. I, I don't want to derail too much with how you found that those games, but uh, maybe something to discuss a little bit in part two, right? So, so with uh, let me go back a little bit to the like the HQs and like the relics and stuff. I mean, as far as like what, what have you chosen? Like, where do you what do you start in the game CP wise, and what's on these? You know, where have you opted to spend some of those? For sure, for sure. So uh, we're starting the game at zero CP. Uh, I think with most CSM armies, honestly, zero CP is going to be the right number because there's just uh, it, there's too much good stuff, man. Like, and you need to take all of it. Uh, it also helps that with Bile, there's not really any stratagems you want to use. I mean, we use advance, advance and charge for one CP. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of things we use one CP for, but like, really, really, you want to have just get for the turn though. So like, right, okay. right. Uh, and no, there there are times that's a problem. Like you need to advance and charge the Terminators, make Abaddon Red Corsairs, and be ready to reroll a charge roll in one turn. You need three CP, so that's a, a real restraint, like problem I've had. Zach, we gotta so slow to... all this down. A lot of our viewer base does not know the intricacies of chaos oh, combos. I'm yeah, speaking yeah, for myself yeah. as well here. You know, like, oh, let's yeah. top to bottom your list. Like, what are you doing besides <laughs> hitting people in close combat? For sure, for sure. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I digress there. You asked about my HQ slots and my loadouts. I'll get to the how I spend a CP later. So, you're going to spend all your CP on relics, world, and traits and stuff. Across these two GTs, I had one piece that changed from list one to list two. And I'll, I'll go over them both real quick. So, the first one is a Disco Lord uh, with a relic that every successful wound with, with one of his weapons, the, un, the undivided relic weapon. It makes every successful wound immortal. Uh, and then you give him the Warlord trait of Flames of Spite. So, you can reroll wounds and sixes to wound are immortal on top. Uh, and so, this Disco Lord just, Disco Lord just pounds anything into the dust, right? problem with the disco lord is though he moves 13 inches he's on aircraft size base and doesn't fly so terrain is his worst enemy um so because of that i removed him from the list and i replaced him with a demon prince with wings uh he's nurgle uh he has a sword that automatically wounds when it hits um and you cannot use rules that ignore damage so um no phase lock no feel no pain he's an assassin and this is I'm the Nurgle demon it. weapon relic that you've given Yeah, him. yeah, exactly. Uh, it's called uh, Gholax the Decayed, I think. That's that's a good attempt at the pronunciation. Honestly, I wasn't going to give it a go. That was just been <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, do, do you know that I can say Arturo Keros? Oh, there you go. The big bird from demons? <laughs> <laughs> that's his yeah. official name, actually. Big bird from <laughs> demons. Right, the one you took to Nova, right? Right. So there's, there's one yeah. CP? 
Yeah, and also I give him Hatred Incarnate, which is uh, four, plus one attack uh, on the charge and four rerolls to hit. So he just he punches things real hard. Uh, the Dark Apostle has Illusory Supplication. So Illusory Supplication is a buff that goes on a core infantry unit. Actually, I think it can go on bikes too. Just a core unit. Uh, and it makes it so you can't be, it's Trans Hitman. You can't be hit on better than a four and no rerolls. Uh, that's probably the best defensive buff in the game I can think of right now. Yeah, Trans Hitman... Um... It really gets around a, a huge portion of the game because I think a lot of armies can stack accuracy buffs to reroll hits on anything that you really care about, plus one hit. But weapon skill and blood skill in general are, are high, like people hit well. So just shutting that down halves half the incoming damage right then and there. Yeah, exactly. Most most things that are going to kill elite infantry, like the, the Terminator block, are super high efficiency. It's the people. Are, it's not being achieved through crazy volume. So when you're like, cool, hard checkpoint, fifty percent, that just turns off a lot of stuff. Uh, um, so that means the trans hitman. That's, that's that is uh, basically shorthand speak for needing a four plus better to hit. Exactly, yeah. and and no rerolls. So. Yeah. No time. No rerolls also shuts down combinations like Repentia, you brought up as an example. They hit on fours, they reroll the hit, and with exploding sixes from the passion, it gets disgusting because you get more yeah. sixes out of the rerolls. Shutting all of it down really helps. Yeah, it's huge. Um, Very good. And then the, the other excuse I'm running is a master of possession. Um, he has the resin model, Gila model, resin model, packed to flesh, and then uh, plus one strength or toughness for his two powers. I give my master possession the Eye of Zinch. Uh, that's plus one to cast, and on an unmod roll of nine or better, it's undeniable. I have not seen other people on the internet inclu- uh, taking the Eye of Zinch relic. I think it's great. I take it because if I have a secondary problem and I need to, I like I'm forced to take a psychic secondary uphill into psychic defense. He gives me some ability to do it, and that has mattered exactly once, and it worked as intended. Well, let me ask you this, because I've looked at that relic, and there's those types of relics exist in a variety of codexes. If you just roll an unmodified 9 or higher, power can't be denied, or this or that, or whatever happens. And you never know when you're going to roll an unmodified 9 or higher. Uh, you know, three-fourths of the time, or two-thirds of the time, whatever it is, you don't roll well. Um, you found you got value out of it reliably, or, or what was the thought process here? Well, it's also a plus one to cast. Oh, that helps too. That yeah, helps. so I, I, yeah. it makes all your spells go off. So, like my my idea was with plus one to cast. If I'm rolling into like a single deny, I feel so much better with plus one. And yeah. then you know, once a game, you will roll a nine and you just get one. So if like you know that that means instead of getting two, you probably get three in a game, right? So you can get nine and interrogate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. So I, I often counsel folks, you know, and they're like, "What should I be doing?" It's like, well, uh, in the in the pregame, like we're talking about here, it's like, well, what is your command point burn rate? Like, how many do you actually need going into it? You've surmised that you need. Zero. So you can spend all of yours uh, go before the game starts, and this has bought you a bit of insurance. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I'll notice also you have a single master possession as your only psyker in this army, which yep. hurts you actively in specific matchups like Thousand Sons, who get better when you take a single psyker, or you know, just you can't take aboard the witch. Without getting too matchup specific, because that's really some part two conversation stuff. Yeah, was that a consideration at all? Like bringing a psyker and the opportunity cost associated with it? Well, so the one thing uh, that you missed there is that I actually have two psychers. So a squad of my legionnaires are psychers, and that's because I need the five up field ban on the terminators. Uh, you know, reducing incoming damage by thirty three percent is huge, and I think it's non negotiable. So I have to have a psyker. The master of possession was after after that decision tree. If that makes sense. Okay, so you're bringing delightful agonies because feel on pain terminators is the package, and you know once you're bringing one, why not bring more? That's exactly correct. I'm already paying the price for the one. Okay, I can get behind that. So we've seen the Terminator brick 
used quite a lot in a variety of chaos lists, often in Emperor's Children because it's so potent in that faction with uh, Honor the Prince and whatnot. But uh, in Fabius Bile, it, it, it's just as potent because plus one strength, plus one move, fight on death. All They can still be Trans Hitman, Feel No Pain, Black Rune of Damnation. The combos are all still there. Did you use it any differently? Is it still just walking up and controlling the center of the board and being super hard to shift? Uh, so... Yeah, conceptually, I think I play this a lot like EC does. Uh, I think the games play very similarly. Um, because, so, if you're playing EC, your only access to advance and charge is from a Slanesh priest, right? And in most of those lists, you have a single Dark Apostle. So if you want to make yourself advance and charge as EC, you have to not be supplicated, by definition, right? If you only have one priest. Bile, their advance and charge is one CP. So it gives you a lot more flexibility when you're on that go turn because you can still do supplication, you can advance and charge. Um, and that works That works really well. Uh, and then on that turn, when you do that, um, like the rest of the pieces work the same way. Um, so... Abaddon, for example, for a CP becomes Red Corsairs and Advance and Charges, and that, that all looks pretty similar. Right. Okay. So now I'm starting to piece it together. We got one more character to go through, though. Your Master Executions. What's this guy doing? Yeah. So this is also this guy rerolls all hits. A Master that's of Executions. Uh, no, that's the that's the relic. So uh, I'm sorry. So the, this Master of Executions rerolls all hits. So <laughs> this with particular one. Right. Right. Uh, when you roll a six to hit, you do two mortals and the sequence ends, right? So four rerolls to hit gives you a ton of value because on math with six attacks, if you just fish, you'll get like four mortals and some hits. Um, so I started running him in word bears when he just had the rerolls for being a word bearer. And I liked him so much. I brought him to this list with a CP for reroll hits. And that's a warlord trade or a relic you said? Uh, it is a relic. Uh, if you're making a chaos, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, it's a relic for reroll hits and it's the worst reroll hits. The better reroll hits is on the demon prince with wings. So if you're building a chaos list, don't start with the mantle of traitors. If you want reroll hits on a character, start with the hatred eternal incarnate warlord trade. What, what is the difference? Why is one better? Oh, than reroll uh, hits, reroll hits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mantle of traitors is just reroll hits and it lets you like send once a turn, you can send your like master of chaos, you know, reroll one's aura to any unit. Uh, in your army, it's kind of a silly effect. I've never even used it. Um, and then the other one, the Hatred Incarnate, which I have on the Prince in this list, gives you plus one attack on the charge and reroll hits, so it's just better. Um, that if does you actually better. If you actually look closely on my list, you will see that in the first uh, list, I had a Master of Executions that had the Mantle and not Hatred Incarnate because I made an error when I was putting the list together and never fixed it. Oh my god. There you go. Who hasn't been there? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you haven't written a uh, list wrong in 40k and had to deal with the consequences, are you even a 40k player? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, so. That was cool. So thanks for walking us through that, because I think that's it's a hard thing to do for uh, most players to realize that that is an okay thing to do, and I think you kind of explained why you did it. So if anybody out there is looking to replicate the success, they at least know how you came to your conclusions. I think part of it also is that you don't have to deal with having to spend command points on the counter-offensive interrupt strat. You just fight on death army wide, so who cares? You can be a close combat army that doesn't have to save or budget CP for that. Exactly. If you if you want to play a silly game of 40k, play the, the Bile Mirror. I don't even want to imagine what that's like. <laughs> Chuck and I did it at both tournaments. That's what even is that? It, 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 there's nothing to it. It's whoever goes second wins is what it is. Uh, that's that's all it is. It's whoever goes second. We're on back and more in, in the in the yeah. part, maybe. What? So 
I want to I want to still keep going through your list though because there's yeah. it's just, it looks so simple, but I know there's more to it here. So three by five possessed, ten terminators, big unit of warp talons, five chaos space screens, twenty cultist characters. What? How does this actually not just get shot off the table? instantaneously this is just a pile of space marines walking around yes yeah, so uh, i'll talk i'll talk we'll talk we can talk go more more depth on this in the second uh, in the second section but uh the meta just doesn't shoot right now like you have tau tau shoot but what other army is there that's just gonna try and leaf blur you i mean eldar could do it uh, just like are, are guns literally not sure. a thing where you play because they're a thing where a lot of people uh, play yeah yeah like gun eldar like your decanons on player placed um that's gonna be hard uh, like you just need to run them over fast if they have a lot of guns. There's not like you can. I mean, you, it's, if you're doing player place terrain, like what you can do is if you have a good like L or something, win the roll, stick that shit right in the middle. Of the, sorry, stick a large piece of terrain directly in the middle of the table to help block line of sight as you move up the table. There's things like that you can do, uh, but you really have to use terrain and the mission if you're going to play against someone who's going to shoot you off the table. It's hard. Yeah. Um, I have a so, question about the list here. Uh, you know, where, where's Bile? Where's Fabius? <laughs> Well, he, his rules are bad, <laughs> so he's not here. If his he's better off in require, staying in the lab, is what you're saying. He, he, well, his, uh, his his upgrade ability on a unit uh, it uh, it doesn't it doesn't the unit has to be unmarked. See, like you can't do anything fun with the unit that Bob's going to upgrade. It's so silly. Yeah, he's not one of the. He, he's a bit contradictory as a character. He makes you unbuff your chaos space marines, so you can then roll randomly to buff your chaos space marines. Yeah, exactly. That explains that. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to be disappointed with fewer steps. Thanks. So, Zach, I'm still not clear on why this specific combination of units. Yes, I, I understand run across table and hit stuff, but, you know, why not 30 possessed? Why not 20 terminators? Why not 30 warp towns? Like, why these numbers and this combinations? For sure. So, um, one of the other things that I wanted to be prepared for. Um, in addition to like skirmishing in general, was to be extra prepared to do the long war secondary. Uh, and the long war secondary is uh, kill an enemy unit that's on an objective, get a point. Uh, hold an objective that your opponent held at the end of the turn, get two points. Um, I really wanted to be set up for it, and it didn't matter at all until the finals of my, the second tournament. And then it mattered a lot, and I got 14 points, and it was great. Um, so anytime you're going to try and do that, it's definitionally a, an exchange, right? You're going to send one unit up. It's going to clear whatever's on there. You'll take the objective, whatever. Uh, and five possessed is the smallest they come in, um, and that's usually good enough. And I want to spend the minimum amount of points possible in making that trade. So when I, I, get, the, I get the logic there, and five-man possessed make perfect sense for trade war logic, but... If you're trading on one objective, um, if your opponent has something much cheaper than five possessed, like say five battle sisters as an example, just some insert cheap unit here, and you trade your five possessed, then you're on their objective and then they retaliate upon you, you lose your possessed. Can you, is that a sustainable win path or do you eventually over time, you only have so much possessed before your, your very expensive elite army is out of expensive elite things to trade? Yeah, absolutely. So in a perfect world, uh, either, if not the first time, then definitely the second time I make that trade plan to an objective, uh, the Terminators and the characters are coming, right? So I'm just going to be applying a ton of pressure. And then if my opponent's, you know, dealing with the possessed, they're not dealing with the rest of my army that's coming at them. And a lot of the time, my experience is people will turn and focus on whatever the big thing you're running up the middle of the table is. And sometimes the possessed get to live. And then they get to run around doing horrible things to aforementioned Battle Sisters. Mm-hmm. Like so, let's actually uh, take a quick break for a little station identification, and then we'll come back and talk about the secondaries and how you score them and you know how you come to choose when you take certain certain ones. Like what you're listening to? 
Be sure to check out the second part of this episode, where we break down specifically how our guest plays against all the top armies in the game. Want even more awesome Warhammer content? Check out the War Room. The War Room. You'll gain access to the minds of the best Warhammer players in the world with brand new content every single week. Join our amazing community, elevate your game, and enjoy your hobby more. We are back. Uh, Zachary, we've been walking down your list, why you take choices, how you trade, how you engage, how you start the game with zero command points, like a berserker. And now I want to talk about the secondary objectives. You know, everybody starts with the same primaries. You get options when you're picking your secondaries. And we've talked about a couple of them. You know, some ones that are wrapped up in in removing units, killing units on the table. And then you were just talking about one before we went to the break. You know, is that your, uh, you know, your loadout there? Yeah. So this is something I'm sure you guys talk about at Art of War uh, extensively in terms of strategy, which is that, like, the secondaries are the game. Right, like you can have an army with great units, but your secondaries are just ass. There's, it's going to be hard to make it work. If you have a faction with great secondaries, then anything works. Necrons, right? Necrons aren't a strong army. Their secondaries are just broken. Um, so I think when you're looking at, at picking what sub faction you want to play, like how you're going to play the game, uh, thinking about the secondaries is like should be first thing on your mind. And I tried playing Word Bears. I tried playing EC. I actually. Um, I would love EC if their secondary was good, but it's not. EC really wishes it had Bile secondary. And I think that's one of the strongest things about Creations of Bile. Sorry to cut you off there, but I, oh, I can no, you're good. specimens for the spiders. is to me, one of the most attractive parts to the army. Um, Bile's obviously got great rules in that his uh, fight on death is, is amazing. But like to your point, what is the point of having great rules if you can't score your points? Because that's the actual win conditions of 40k. And having access to an amazing secondary that doesn't conflict with other secondaries. Like if your army is good at engaging all fronts and then you have another awesome battlefield supremacy secondary, well, it didn't really help you because you could be really good at engage. You're really good at this awesome other secondary you have, but having a great purge the enemy category secondary is really, really strong. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I think in talking about like secondaries, it's like purge the enemy specifically, right? Like, assassinate and bring it down are both conditionally good but oftentimes an army has just enough of each you can't take either and some factions including bile have a secondary that kind of rolls the two together and that's what that's really strong and bile is the only one that has a secondary that does that there are others that do it too but it, that, that concept is always really strong so what, what were the other secondaries you took along with it or if it yes. was a go-to plan at all yeah so if, if possible if someone has if someone gave up Certainly, if they get up 10 points on prisoners, and I'll consider it at 8 or 9 points on prisoners, uh, I would definitely start taking just specimens of the spider and uh, no prisoners every time. And then usually I take banners, because I'm going to be jamming my army down your throat. You're not going to have time or resources to come over here to my objective, so I can get a cool 10 on this, and usually it's way more than that. Yeah, I found I, I played uh, like 3, 4 games with Fabius Biles creations myself, and those are the three secondaries I found myself taking often. Um, the no prisoners and specimens to the spider combo really allow you to kill your opponent, and that's you know you get points for killing your opponent. Real simple. And then banners comes naturally, especially because it's gotten better in the latest Nephilim update. I'm curious though. I, I had not played a game where I couldn't just make that package work, but I'm sure across two tournaments you encountered something. I imagine that didn't just give up specimens of the spider plus no prisoners. How do you adapt your strategy with this army? Yeah, so I ran into this problem twice in Spokane. Uh, first time was Chaos Knights. 
They don't, uh, you don't specimens that at all. And obviously bring it down is great, but no prisoners doesn't work. Uh, and against demons in the finals where you had like two bloodthirsters, Bellacor and some, some little garbage units, but no, didn't give up anything on no prisoners. So that, that combination didn't work. Um, banners is always good in the first matchup against chaos Knights. I took psychic ritual. I got a 12 on it and it was because of the relic. Um, I needed, yeah, I needed, uh, there was one time the plus one got it through and another time I rolled a nine and I got all 12 points. That's awesome, man. It's good to see the relic paying off like that. So it's nice to see you being able to flex your army into a psychic secondary where possible. I think that's a good uh, plan B, if not a good plan A. Uh, I really like that. Do you Are you at all concerned that the secondary game is a little still dependent on your ability, your opponent's ability to give it up? Or do you think that it's, it's so open-ended that uh, against most factions you can probably just pull this off and you're not too concerned? Uh, I think there is reason to be concerned. I think there's especially reason to be concerned against things that are like big punchy bodies like knights or demons. Um, I think those could be hard. I think there are probably other armies would also be a problem that I'm just not thinking of. Uh, but I think the the strategy, strategy uh, the secondary combination is good enough to say I'll use this on anyone. And then like there are a few exceptions that you need to practice or plan for. And like I like to bring a character that can do psychic secondaries, give me a little bit of ability to do that. Um, but uh, I mean, it wouldn't be wrong to maybe consider doing something that also uh, could do some kind of battlefield supremacy. I guess I don't know what that would look like. Did you ever find yourself, I guess, um, feeling like your secondary plan forces you to get aggressive? One thing we talk about always in, in these podcasts and just in Art of War in general is tempo as an art, as a concept in the game. If you have to score your secondaries actively, like taking bring it down or assassinate, means you have to go actually kill vehicles or characters. In your case, specimens for the spider just go kill characters, vehicles, or units. Um, the onus is on you to go kill something, meaning your opponent knows you're coming to the you. They're you're coming to them, and they can set up their defenses and they can counter charge and counter shoot and just lay layer screens at you. Is that ever a problem for you? That knowing that you have to give up, to, you have to be the aggressor. I guess that's always a potential problem against a really good opponent with the right army. That can always can be huge. So I think that's where you really want to have another plan. Um, and that's another, just another reason I think you want to psyker with some tech because you can, for example, stand your terminators in the middle of the table and do ritual and banners. And then, then you can be more, you can play more passively. Um, but yeah, it is a problem if your only plan is run them over and you have no way to do anything else except run them over. But you're saying you've basically built in other ability to do these secondaries with the terminators in the master possession. Yeah, exactly. And and that's actually if you if you play word bearers, uh, that is word bearers. Word bearers as a secondary to uh, a faction secondary, the master possession can can do while doing warp ritual, and you have the same terminator standing right around him, and literally you go to the middle of the table and you stand there, and you get a fifteen on one secondary, a twelve on another, and that's word bearers, right? Uh, and that is a totally different plan. It is much less kill them based and much more, I'm going to do the mission well. Um, but I think the raw killing power you get from everything fighting on death and going down that path is just so much stronger than what you get with Word Bears. So that's interesting because I, I know when Word Bears came out, everyone was really hype on reroll hits and five of immortals and awesomeness. Yeah, Resurrecting awesome possessed and flinging them into combat sooner. Yeah. Hey, I, and, and then the I, mean, I, I kept the resurrecting possessed. That's great. Oh, the resurrecting possesses from the the war pact off the master possession. Master That's possession. just an amazing secondary psychic power that you can take 
Um, and be- and because he's Mark of Zinch, you could do a secondary, spend a CP, and still raise a model. Yeah, that's true. Psychic action and cast a power. I, I, honestly, it's not even... I mean, do you want to just spell it out, Zach, the, the power of resurrecting a model, not just the value of resurrecting it, but the movement gained on it and all that? Oh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's so, like you say. It's the, the the it's a it's a movement thing, which is just huge. It gives you more movement. You're trying to stretch out and charge, which is always a struggle. And with the terminators, because your terminators your linchpin, you know, it means just you can't shift the terminators down. Very few things can kill the buff terminators, but many things can ship them. Being able to res a model just makes the terminators unkillable if someone doesn't have a ton of capacity. Uh, it's yeah. just it, it, yeah, it changes everything. So we've talked a lot about all of the units you've taken, kind of how they piece together. But one thing we haven't touched on at all is the warp talons. Are they just there to give you a boost of speed, or do they give you something different? Um, yes, yeah, so, so so both. They have, uh, I mean, they move thirteen inches, which is hot. But the warp talons have five attacks a model uh, with four rules to wound, and they're one damage instead of two. Uh, instead of two. Um, but they blender big units much better than the possessed. So if you got to go through like a squad of novitiates or whatever they just against against horrors they're way better yeah so it's just the volume attacks different kind of profiles yeah yeah exactly exactly and uh, you know honestly the, the warp pounds so it, because it's bile right your warp pounds are strength five so i had them get punched by a knight and there were like five of them left and they took I mean, they all died but they took six wounds off the knight with them yeah for sure um do you ever find that your army has like a damage output problem, and and maybe this is why you have things like Abaddon specifically thrown there to to help murder people. But uh, I'm I'm guessing getting at you have tons of AP two right AP two warp towns AP two Terminator attacks. Uh, I guess they're AP three on the accursed. They're AP three. Yeah. They're okay. AP3. Never mind. Uh, I was uh, going for like a armor of contempt, like a problem for you. Um. So armor of contempt is not really a problem. What is a problem is those stinky boys wearing it. So, like Death Guard, man. Death Guard are bad for CSM. They're so Bile gets plus one strength. So that's the reason I think Bile is the best into Death Guard, and also the fight on Death. You can actually hit the Blight Spawn, but whatever. Yeah, we can get into that all in part two for sure. Um, I'm very curious because most people don't list Death Guard as one of their more challenging matchups, but if it is, it is. You know, Um, that's pretty cool. It leads me to a good question though. You've been talking a lot about word bears. I know everyone was hot on them right when the codex dropped. And then recently, we've had a variety of guests, Mark Perry and Anthony Vanilla, um, to name a couple, talking about different variations of Emperor's Children builds they've been being successful with. And you said you played them as well, and you've preferred your Fabius Bio build over both of those. Walk us through the the process on that journey. Like, why this over that? (laughs) Did someone tell you this story? Because there's a there's a very specific story to this. <laughs> no, no. If I stumbled um, into something, even better. Yeah, you know, I I tell this story. I recount this story to people when I'm talking about why I'm playing what I'm playing. So uh, the new castbook uh, came out. If you recall, it was during Charity Hammer. We got the actual, we got our our bad pictures of them, right? And I'm there with Vanilla, and so uh, we're we're doing EC, and I play a few games. I play into like 36 warriors. With the EC list, I destroy it. It's great. Play a few more few, few more practice reps. I'm destroying everything. And then I play my EC into Death Guard. And the thing is, all the stuff in CSM is like AP 2-2 damage on the possessed, right? Or, um, I mean, that's your, your, your big lifter unit. The Terminators are AP 3-1 damage. That's terrible for, for killing 3-1 models. Um, anyway, so I play, and, and the thing about Death Guard is they have this whole aura of you don't counter charging and you can't use any rules that let you fight first. So that 
turns off all the things that EC used to fight first, and what you're left with is having to fight into something that you're bad at punching with that has better fight management than you. And that's awful. Uh, I played the game a couple times with EC, and I lost every time, and it felt miserable. So that was when I said, no more. Uh, and I went to playing Word Bears, because they don't have to kill the opponent to score. They can just do it from the middle of the table. But that ended up not being it either, and then I finally came to Bile. Does that make sense? It does. So it's, it's really just like an evolution of your... Like, you're playing Chaos Space Marines, and you were doing it with other chapters and legions, and... You ran into specific problems, so instead of just bashing your head into the wall, you found the answer by switching legions to something a little bit more well, exploring within the codex, like yeah. uh, within yeah. the, the faction. Some may uh, even say this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Certainly right. one way to do it, and I'm glad you've highlighted it. <laughs> so, so, so what I'm actually thinking about within the, within the faction thing, I'm a little bit excited about. I want to try making a black legion list that uses uh, a nine of bikes that are Nurgle and a five of bikes that are corn and like uh, really some I like Zinch bikes in uh, uh, so Black Legion. My initial instinct was to go Zinch with the icon for AP two, and then use or AP one, then the strat for AP two, right? Um, but no, I thought I, Nurgle, because you make him T7 minus one to wound, and you bring two priests, and one of them uh, can do ignore cover or plus toughness, so you can make them ignore cover and around, which should be enough, and the odd wounding sixes anyways. Uh, the math is really good on the Nurgle bikes with four wheels to hit. I could definitely see that. That's interesting. I've been dying to get Black Legion on the table, so hopefully I'll be able to do that soon. Bro, so in my word bears, I ran one Vindicator, and it was actually amazing, and I think Black Legion Vindicators would be really amazing. Hold on. Forget this entire talk about Fabius Bile. We're, Throw yeah, this yeah, podcast yeah. in the trash can. Zach, talk to me about Vindicators. <laughs> okay, so they're T8. They have a two. They get a two-up armor save with armor or contempt. They got twelve wounds. They get D3 plus three shots now. It's uh, and so it's uh, they're they're way more consistent. In my word bearers, I love them because like when you send the Terminators and your other stuff, and you have these characters in the middle of the table doing objectives, you park a Vindicator on them, and it takes like real effort to get rid of that Vindicator. So I think they're cool. I think in Black Legion, when you get them to hit on twos, they'll actually be really consistent and great. I I don't know that you've sold me on trying a Vindicator with that, but you know that's <laughs> interesting. You just don't see people trying them, and I, I love the, the uh, genuine. Yeah, I love using the, other I mean, I like th- the evolution that we're talking yeah. about here. The fact that there is experimentation that have, has landed us on this list and then also landed you in the success that you've had. I mean, you know, we are talking about you know, back-to-back large tournament wins with a list, and it's really cool to hear how this list came about, like what eventually got you to be on the units that you've had. And, you know, maybe some people out there listening could use it to jumpstart, you know, their, their own list, their own path to success. We can hope. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really good journey overall. Yep. Yeah. And I know, you know, we've talked about how command points mean nothing to you. And we have <laughs> yep. talked about a few stratagems that you that you use or at least are inexpensive or what have you. But I guess what army or opponent might give you pause to where you think that maybe I should have had a couple more in the tank in, in turn one or make you at least play a little bit more uh let or a little bit less aggressive in turn one to save up maybe for some command points if there is anything out there that does that oh sure yeah i mean so cp constraints are real um and if you need a cp to advance and charge you need a cp and cp to enable abaddon to advance and charge you're budgeting one cp to reroll a failed charge and then earlier in your turn you failed to cast a spell that was really important and a cp for it now you have a problem 
Uh, and that is exactly what happened to me on the top of my turn two against Chaos Knights, uh, the second tournament. And I ended up having to spend a CP to reroll uh, the Funeral Pain spell, and then I still perilsed on the Reza model spell, and I ended up not sending the Terminators, and instead keeping uh, some of them in cover in a more conservative position, because it all went sideways. If I had had an infinite number of CP there, uh, I would have been able to do all the things that would have been fine. It just wasn't an option. So you, it almost seems like your CP is just insurance policies to make sure your list actually functions. Reroll charges, reroll psychic powers. Is there any strats you actually want to use? I guess advance and charge. Anything else? Uh, there's one bio has a strat for minus one to hit. Do you find yourself budgeting for that? It's so tight in your list, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do use it. Um, I often, so the minus one to hit, I usually use when my opponent makes a really thin commitment to killing the five possessed I put on an objective. Uh, and there's a chance I'll live. That yeah, was the, the most often tight. Yeah. Exactly. When someone's like, I'm not going to, I'm going to put the minimum amount of stuff into your possessed because you're going to kill it right back in combat, right? So I try and use it to punish people and stuff like that. But I mean, the only other, only strat that I, I wanted to use more and couldn't is the advance and shoot strat for the Terminators. I very frequently advance the Terminators just positioning them, and I still want the sh- to get my little bit of shooting out of them. That costs a CP. Um, and, you know, I, I would rarely do it. But I wish I could do it more. Do you ever want to use vets for two CP? I know it's very steep in your army, but sometimes you want to just hit hard. Of course, I used it on turn one against uh, some demons to take eight wounds off a phase gate bloodthirster. Um, so yes, I mean when appropriate, vets is great. Yeah, very nice. Well, look, this is uh, part one of the two-part episode. We're going to go ahead and wrap this one up and then jump into part two in just a second. If you are only listening this far, thank you very much. Please do not forget to leave us some five-star reviews. Like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. The like, share, subscribe, the absolutely free ways that you can do it to kind of communicate to folks, hey, this is something they should be listening to. Also, comments. I love reading the comments. I love hearing about how folks like the guests that we have on the show and want to try their list or, you know, or sometimes telling us, why didn't you ask this other question or whatever? It's, it's great to hear. Uh, so please continue to do that. We love seeing it. Uh, Zachary, thanks for joining us in part one. Everybody hold tight. We'll see you in part two. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War Down Under and Art of War Unbroken on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.